Giuliani. Good afternoon. This is Rudy Giuliani. And uh, we come to you on July 14th, 2023, Friday. I believe this is Bastille Day in uh, Paris, France. And, um, and in the United States, it's a Friday right before the weekend. And part of Independence Month, because I declared it Independence Month. Because if they're going to have a month for all the other stuff, they're going to have a month for independence, damn it. So let's, uh, let's once again remind ourselves of how lucky we are to be part of a free country or a country that we hope to restore as a free country in the 2024 elections. Because right now, one could argue that it resembles more of a fascist dictatorship uh, uh, underscored by the absolutely ridiculous disgraceful, scandalous inability (laughs) to make any progress in figuring out who put the cocaine in the White House with an 11-day investigation, which is absurd. I mean, 11 days? You you devote 11 days to the investigation? Now, let's, uh, they're not, I mean, they're they're going to uh, cover everything up as they do. You know, uh, we're not going to turn this over. We're not going to turn that over. They're going to, they're going to do the crooked uh, uh, director Ray thing. But here, here's a question that gets right to the heart of it. And we'll find out, we find out right away if this was a fix, another, another disgusting, horrible fix that shows how crooked our entire government is, or they made some attempt to investigate this. There had to be a very thorough investigation of Hunter Biden. You find cocaine in the White House. The White House, despite the fact that they're talking about hundreds of people might have done it. Hundreds is not a lot of people, by the way. But in any event, uh, there's one person that stands out as the biggest suspect. There's one person that we know of is a major cocaine user on a dimension that's quite unusual. I mean, he's been doing it for, what, three or four decades. Uh, he's uh, in the, uh, uh, this is a man who went into the military on all kinds of strings being pulled to let him in at 40 years old or something so he could look like he had a military record and within a month failed a, a, a test for cocaine because he had the very high-pressure job of being in the public relations department. That was his contribution to defending our country. He handled press releases. And, uh, and the stress of that was so great, he went back to being a drug addict. Also, um, as recently as 2019, he, he was going through um, virtually day after day of being, stu- whatever you call it, stoned, out of his mind. I'll show you the pictures if you want. I mean, there are endless numbers of pictures of him uh, sitting in his house, smoking, smoking crack, sitting in closets, smoking crack, walking around with no clothes on, uh, smoking crack. Uh, they wanted him thrown out of the house. The psychiatrist did because there were minor children there. He, he, he even announced to his father that he was a danger to the children. His father, who must be the worst grandfather in America, did nothing about it to protect his grandchildren. Uh, similar to how he uh, disowned another grandchild. Uh, so this this guy, here we got cocaine in the White House. And here we got a guy living in the White House who is 
I don't know, one of the big, bigger cocaine users in the United States. This is not an ordinary cocaine user. This guy uses massive amounts of cocaine. Massive amounts. There are numerous pictures of him driving automobiles, smoking a cocaine a crack pipe. There are pictures of him doing it, going well over 100 miles an hour, endangering people's lives. So you can't, in good faith, you can't, in being truthful to yourself, how do you conduct this investigation without excluding him as a possibility? I mean, if you don't do that, you might as well resign as a law enforcement officer because you've become a prostitute, haven't you? So I want to know, did they investigate him? Did they give him a drug test? Forget about everybody else for a minute, which they say, oh, that would invade their civil rights if we gave them a drug test. Like hell it invades their civil rights. Everybody who works in the White House gets a drug test. A few years ago, you couldn't get into the White House without taking a test. You don't have a right to be in the White House. You have a right to impose any conditions you want on being in the White House. That's so ridiculous you can't impose a drug test on them. You could even ask them to volunteer for it. And if they don't, put them on a suspect list. How about volunteering for a, for a polygraph test? Let's see how many of those Biden creeps that work for him use drugs. Want to bet it's a lot? You want to bet our crooked president has a lot of people working for him that use drugs? They sure as hell encourage us to do it, right? These are the, these are the let marijuana be available freely and openly. These are the, uh, let, let's have recreational use of drugs. They're ruining Colorado. They're ruining New York City. Part of the problem is, I guess, if you opened it up, you'd end up with a lot of suspects because you've got a hell of a lot of drug users in this ridiculously incompetent White House. But this investigation is, oh, I don't know, it sort of, it sort of puts, a, puts a, uh, a very fine point on just how corrupt our government has become. And they don't care. They don't care that somebody left cocaine in the White House. Even just from the point of view of how insecure it is. They don't care because it's just like uh, the Biden thing and what they did to me from the moment I was the first one to bring up the Biden criminality back in 2018. They will do anything to stop an investigation, including trying to destroy the people who, 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 who find the evidence, which is namely yours truly. Because they are afraid of what it's going to open up. They can't, they can't give an inch here because if they give an inch, they give the whole thing away. It's as simple as that. You start doing an investigation of cocaine in the White House, boy, you're going to blow a lot of people out of that White House. You think it's only Hunter that uses cocaine? I know who these guys are. You know their background. They're left-wing yo-yos. That's why our country is in the condition it's in. It's not just Biden. Biden's foolish decisions. Biden doesn't make decisions. Somebody else makes these stupid decisions. How about the original one? We'll take the troops out before the civilians in Afghanistan. 
You got to be on drugs to make that decision. You take the troops out before the civilians. Let's add in a country with four major terrorist groups that want to kill those civilians and you're not going to get them killed. I mean, you, you either have to be a, a serial murderer like the guy they just arrested or you got to be stupid or you got to be on drugs. Or you give up $85 billion worth of sophisticated armaments that, could be, that you know are going to be taken over by terrorist groups that want to kill us. And you say, well, well, what could you do? You couldn't bring them all back to the United States. Just sit back a second and let's ask a, a good, smart eighth grade class who, watch, who has ever watched a war movie. They would say, well, you could burn them. Isn't that what they do in the movies? Don't they burn the, the contents of a fort before they have to give up the fort? Yes, sir. That's what they do. If you have an IQ of 100 or more, yeah, that's what you do. Now, this either comes from having a low IQ, being a traitor, or being gone on drugs, or just being a silly, dopey, pie-in-the-sky, lost soul liberal. I don't know if you realize how stupid that decision is. Not only is it stupid, it's homicidal. Those weapons are being used to kill people today. They killed numerous people, including Americans who helped during the Afghan war. What are we doing giving $85 billion worth of arms to ISIS? It happens to be the third or fourth most uh, equipped army in the world now, thanks to Joe Biden. But it isn't Joe. It's the people around him, too. He doesn't make these decisions. Somebody's making it for him and approving it, which means it's even worse because it's a whole group of people that are on drugs, stupid, anti-American, traitors, silly liberal, whatever, they, whatever you want to attribute it to. These are decisions out of the norm. Hard to think of another American president. Hard to think of another mature person that would make decisions like this. And this cover-up is so arrogant. They actually believe that we think that the that this Secret Service can't find out where these drugs came from and that they really tried to find out. I mean, maybe they can't find out after four or five months of investigating it and running, uh, uh, and running the most obvious suspects down, number one being Hunter Biden, but others that emerge. Maybe they couldn't. I, I, I don't think so. I think I could solve it. I really do. I solve crimes a hell of a lot more complicated than that. This is a nice, pretty self-contained group of facts. Nothing like the cases that I solved. Nothing like the cases that the NYPD solves every day. But I mean, at least try. They told us from day one that this was going to be bull, right? When Politico said, this might not be solved. After one day. They knew it might not be solved, not because it couldn't be solved, but for political reasons. What does that mean? What it means is that our law enforcement agencies 
are a division of the regime, not law enforcement agencies. Their uh, priority is not solving the crime to keep the White House and the country safe. Their priority is to do the bidding of the regime, the Biden, Democrat, Obama regime. So we're going to take a uh, short break and we're going to take a look at the serial um, the serial killing case uh, in Gilgo Beach. I mean, fascinating. It comes back after over a decade and great work. Great work. We'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. Let me uh, tell you in my uh, role as bringing you the censored news that is held back by 80% of the crooked fascist media in this country that Biden stumbled again walking up the stairs um, on Thursday. Uh, Now, why is that important? Because, I don't know, if you stumble once, fine. But, I mean, he's stumbling now every other day. And it's got to tell you that he's he's in the, he's in a a, a, a certainly a, a considerably advanced stage of dementia compared to what he was when he first came into office. And I just say this uh, to my friends in the Democrat Party, which is somewhat sarcastic, because I don't know that I have any friends left. They all hate me. I mean, I'm a monster. Um, They're trying to disbar me. Uh, They they put out all kinds of lies about me. I don't know what has happened. I used to have a lot of friends who were Democrats and who knew I was an honest uh, person and a very hardworking public servant, like many of them were. But now they want to destroy me. But, I mean, they hide this. You can't hide this from the American people. We should know that our president's going down for the count. You watch him walk, it looks like he's going to fall at any minute. Now, I've told you this before, and here's the warning. This disease takes you out. There's no other ending for this disease other than death. You either die or you become uh, completely unable to function. And if you watch him recently... This is much worse than a year ago. Uh, This trip had its own group of things that were quite obviously the actions of a man who is losing brain cells as we speak, which is what happens with dementia. And you don't get brain cells don't revive. They don't come back. Once they're dead, they're gone, which is why it's a called a progressive disease. And I often say it's progressive like the Democratic Party is progressive. It progresses to nothingness. You live in a fog and you don't know who you are. That could very well happen before the next election. So you heard it from me over and over, a warning. They better have a plan B. But if you want to take a look, once again, stumbled on the way up the stairs. And probably if asked where he was, he wouldn't know. 
uh, because he got Iceland and Ireland confused. Now, I guess you can get Iceland and Ireland confused. I don't know if you're Irish by background. That might be a little bit strange. And this is the guy who, uh, who decided to honor the group that killed Irish Catholics when he was in Ireland by getting the name wrong. So the guy's going out. He's going down for the count, and I don't know. All they got on the bench right now is... <laughs> That's Kamala Harris, if you didn't uh, get the whole thing. Well, I was going to uh, talk a little about, but we're going to take some calls. This, uh, this case out in, in Suffolk County and uh, commend uh, the county executive, uh, Mr. Ballone, who's, who's a Democrat, but a very solid guy. And uh, the new district attorney and uh, the new people in the police department who come from the NYPD for reopening this case. It shows you if you spend more than 11 days investigating a case, maybe you can solve it. Well, they've spent a decade plus investigating it. And today uh, they I think they arrested or they bring in for questioning Rex Howerman, who is an architect who lives in Nassau County, has a, uh, a business in New York. I believe they charged him with three killings and they made him a suspect in the fourth. It's hard to know exactly how many killings are in question, but it could be as many as 11. There are four that kind of tie together and they go back to possibly May of 2010. And we'll, we'll, we'll get you up on this in a minute because it shows that when law enforcement works, how well it can work. We'll be back very shortly, and we've got a lot of calls, and we'll get right to them. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with you. Let's, um, let's just uh, take a little um, uh, ex- excerpt from uh, Chief Rodney Harrison, former New York City police officer, by the way, who's the head of the Suffolk County Police, number 18 on the arrest of the suspect in the Gil, let's call it the Gilgo uh, murder cases. The effort, the work by all the members of the task force uh, allowing us to get to this point today. Uh, it was a collaborative effort. Um, it, the resilient work that was done allowed us to place somebody into custody. Well, this is an investigation that goes back to, um, I think it was first sort of uh, came out in May of 2010 when a woman named Shannon Gilbert uh, went missing. Uh, she was 24 years old. She was an escort. Um, and uh, then it led to a, lo- a long, long investigation, and they found a number of bodies, four of them very closely uh, buried together on Gilgo Beach in Long, in long Island. Uh, th- those are the four that clearly looked to be the act of one singular um, uh, killer, serial killer. But then there are a group of about six or seven other murders of people that are very, very similar, uh, escorts, young women. Uh, some of the methods a little di- different. Those four are the same. So it's going to take a while to kind of put together how many we're talking about, how many does it solve. Um, it may not be all of them, 
the original Shannon Gilbert um, murder that led to the opening of this case. The police have not charged that one as uh, a murder committed by Rex Howerman. Rex Howerman is a uh, resident of, I think it is Massapequa. He's an architect in New York, lives in Nassau County. Uh, He was interviewed on an architectural show about a year ago. Very kind of strange interview. Uh, If you're interested, we could play a little of it. But I really do want to get to the phone phone calls. And uh, interestingly, he was a classmate of uh, Billy uh, Baldwin, the youngest brother of Alec Baldwin, who I think is the Republican Baldwin, (laughs) the conservative and religious Baldwin, uh, who, uh, if, if I recall correctly, if that's him, I know him quite well because... He used to go to the Grand Havana Room, and I used to have long talks with him about him and his brother. You should know that I was on the board of the Grand Havana Room with Alec Baldwin as well. Uh, and Billy's a, a, a very, very smart guy, a very good guy. And I, I wonder, I'd love to try to get him over the weekend and see what he knows about this Rex Howerman, who is the alleged uh, serial killer. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, uh, this is a case that can going to have a national interest. Because the, um, the it's gonna it's gonna take a while to figure out how many murders go under this category, um, and and I think we're gonna they're gonna be left with some that don't. But let's see. And uh, second, my my hats off to Steve Blone and to Rodney Harrison and to uh, the district attorney because they all work together. To do this, and they, you know, they didn't give up on a case that's over a decade old. You know, we never in New York City, and I, I, I assume this is true of Nassau and Suffolk, which is very closely connected to the NYPD in terms of traditions. And, and as I said, uh, Harrison was a high-ranking official in the NYPD. We don't close a murder case; it's open forever. And I remember there was a series about cold the cold case squad there is such a thing the cold case squad they love to solve these murders 20 and 30 years ago and of course the the discovery of dna has made that much more uh, active and much more su- successful uh i was so let me go to joe in jericho because uh, he wants to talk about these murder cases rudy paisano okay joe how are you my friend Pretty okay, Rude. What I want to say is um, it, it was 13 years, actually. Yeah. And if it wasn't for this guy from the NYPD Harrison, they may not have been solved. Now, Rudy, you know it's a high-profile case when Law & Order SBU ripped it off about five, <laughs> six, ten years, five years ago, only they said it in Bar Rockaway Beach. Right. But then again, they have the laziest script writers. Now, I'm not a vindictive person. I'm a Christian. But I do believe in an eye for an eye when it comes to someone as heinous as this, John Gotti, uh, Charles Manson, just vicious people that only God can reform. And then these creeps don't want to be reformed. But the bottom line is, this, I hope that the feds step in and take the case. Because think, think about this, Paisano. This creep is 59. He might live until 99. 40 years, local, state, federal, said same tariff taxation, tax tender, who will pay for his food. I find that I I, I share that. I I share that with you. I do not understand. um, I don't I mean, nobody likes the death penalty. I had it. I used it uh, several times as a prosecutor 
And it, it was a matter of it really weighed on me to do it, but I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Uh, but the idea that you're going, if this, if this guy, if this, this is the guy, if this guy is guilty of murdering four people, five people, six people, seven people, uh, it's going to cost us millions to keep this guy alive. And, I, and don't tell me it's not a deterrent. Garbage, it's not a deterrent. It scares the hell out of people when you use the death penalty. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that for, with two caveats. One, it's got to be an aggravated, a really aggravated murder. Uh, really, really, like, like this, is an, this fits the category beautifully, right? And number two, it's got to be a no-doubt case. Not just beyond a reasonable doubt, but the level of proof has to be we're, we're executing a murderer. No doubt at all. So uh, you put those two in there, and I don't have a problem with it. And, of course, I've backed that up by handling cases like that. So uh, I'm, I am definitely with you on that. And let's see, let's see, what, ha- let's see what happens uh, with, this situa- uh, with this situation. Let's... Um, Let's go to um, let's go to Mark in New Jersey. Hey, Rudy. Hey, Mark. Listen, love your show. Listen, I just wanted to comment on the Bidens with the whole Coke thing. Yeah, it, it may not just be hunters; it could be the the, the his sisters. Oh yeah, the I whole. F- I mean, I, I I shouldn't yeah. say the whole family, but more than Hunter in the family have had serious drug problems that have been covered up or. Well, well, listen, I, I just recently retired in 2021 from HSI, and I'm disgusted what's going on in this country. Well, you should be. With this administration. No, I'm, I stand behind you and Donald Trump 1,000%. And, should, uh, we all should be you know, disgusted. I hope one day I could, I could run into you and we could talk. Well, I hope so, too. Because, I look forward yeah. to that. We well, need good listen, people have got to stick together. we got to stick together. They're taking our country away from us. They are. The one thing I learned in the Marines, if you don't have principle, you have nothing. God bless you. And that's always stuck with me. And I know you have a lot of principles, and so does thank Trump. You. And I love both of you. God thank bless you. you. Thank you. God bless you, too. And thank God, uh, and thank you for your service. Uh, Drew, in Liberty, is, are you in Liberty, New York, Drew? Liberty, New Jersey. Liberty, New Jersey, okay. So what, what would you like to talk about? Well, first of all, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to make... Three quick points. Number one is, contrary to Christie, Donald Trump is not a three-time loser. It's very typical in the midterm for the other party to take over. And the 2020 election, as you have documented, was rigged. So Donald Trump is not a three-time loser. But I want to tell you about Chris Christie. People are forgetting this. About 12 years ago, Rutgers University, there was 300 million missing dollars. He was the investigator. Six times they stole his evidence from the same building, the same area, and nobody got prosecuted, and not a penny was found. Chris Christie, in my opinion, is the three-time loser. Donald Trump was, did an excellent job as president. And thank you for listening, Mr. Mayor. Well, Joe, I was very well presented. I, I think all your points are certainly backed up by a lot of uh, facts. And the reality is, three-time loser or not, which he wasn't, 
I go on the condition of the country. I mean, how about the old simple Ronald Reagan question? Are we better off now than we were four years ago? And in no respect are we better off now than we were four years ago. Uh, we have a much uh, more volatile economy. We've got uh, uh, wages that have gone up, but not as much as inflation, which means wa- wages have gone down. We have a world situation that is a freaking disaster. It's a disaster. We have a war in, uh, in, 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 in uh, Ukraine that sometimes our president thinks is in Iraq, which n- never had to happen. It wasn't going on then, and it would not be going on now if Trump had been elected president. There isn't a person in the world that doesn't know that, including Vladimir Putin. Uh, We have uh, uh, the uh, crazy dictator in uh, North uh, Korea that Trump had done a great job of neutralizing, lobbing uh, uh, missiles over Japan. Uh, And God forbid one of them should go off course. We've got uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and breaking away from us and seeking alliances elsewhere because, for some reason, Biden doesn't like them. So Saudi Arabia is cozying up with China, and Israel is cozying up with Russia to protect themselves against Iran. I could go on and on. The guy goes to international uh, summits and makes a blithering idiot out of himself. I mean, when he was in England, he, uh, when, he, when, when he was with King Charles, it looked like he was going to have uh, King Charles drag him around. It looked like he didn't know where the hell he was. Uh, he can't seem to get uh, Ireland and Iceland straightened out. He doesn't seem to know that his father and his uncle were dead before he got into the vice presidency because he gave his uncle a medal in the White House seven years after his uncle was dead. I mean, the guy is demented. So, uh, I don't know. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Uh, so let's go to, let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Hi, Rudy. <laughs> you know, uh, you're talking about uh, the uh, arrest recently in Suffolk County. You know, I don't care what kind of uh, investigation uh, Rodney Harrison uh, in, inherited. And to me, this guy is a bum. I'll tell you why. Because he ran out to California to chase after a 22-year-old girl who mistakenly made a mistake and tackled a 14-year-old boy in a in a carpeted lobby. To me, that would be a, a lucky day for me if that happened to me at 14. He ran after her to, to get her arrested, to have her plea to a felony. A felony. That means if she doesn't Obey if she, if, she, if she doesn't, uh, you know, watch her actions for the next two years. Why did he do that? I, I don't, I, I don't recall this. But tell me, the tell Karen me. Karen case. The yeah. Karen now, case okay. Hotel, remember. Now, now he that you're to California, huh? To ch- to chase after a 22 year old girl to bring her back to face a felony charge. Okay, just for for uh, 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 tackling a 14 year old boy. I mean, he she he didn't even get hurt. Okay? So you think he did it for publicity? <laughs> he did it for yes, because there was a lot of publicity yeah, made okay. about this case, and vindictiveness also. And and on on that theme also, we have a new police commissioner uh, that Eric Adams appointed, 
who's another bum. He's, around, he's, he's in the middle of a scandal where the ex-commissioner slapped him with a reprimand. And by the way, that's why they got rid of her, because the reprimand was protested by, by it said, by religious leaders because he was uh, – he stuck his neck out. He violated the law. He used his influence as chief of department to get somebody out of jail that was arrested. Another ex-cop that was menacing three boys with a gun. Okay, He used his influence to void the arrest. And then when Commissioner Sewell rep, uh, recommended a reprimand, um, all the, the Sharptons and everything that protested, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, as a result, Sewell had to resign because of that. She, well, she the, Adam, given- the, uh, the Adams administration is imploding. There's no question about it. And I'm not, I'm not surprised that this is part of it as well. I mean, and, and there's something going on with the guy that I've pointed out in the head with this. I talk to God and, uh, Kunta Kinte and, uh, don't talk to me like I'm on a uh, plantation. There's some wacky thing going on with him. I don't, I don't know what it is. Well, we'll be back very shortly with the mayor's final thoughts. And now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani, and yes, I'm back with the Mayor's Final Thoughts. Now remember, we'll be on for another half hour, substituting for James Golden. Um, Bo Snurdly is still on vacation. This is his last day. He'll be back on Monday, but we'll be back right after... This show is over for a half hour, and then it'll go into Tax and Cosby. So remember, Mayor's Final Thoughts is sponsored by Tunnels of Towers, T2T.org. That's the organization that takes care of families who lose a uniformed service member in the line of duty or where a uniformed service member is rendered physically incapacitated in many respects, they will build smart homes. You can participate in that by making a contribution of $11 per month at T2T.org, T2T.org. Do it now. Right before the weekend, let's get it in. This is still Independence Month, and let's get it done. So uh, let's see if we can get one more call in for the weekend. And we'll go to Jim in uh, Brooklyn. Mr. Mayor, within the last week or so in communist China, there was a rally where the dictator Xi was speaking. And this thing was billed as the Leninist slash Marxist agenda for world domination. So the Chinese communist dictator was chanting, prepare for war, prepare for war. And his audience was applauding. This is the people that Obama works with. This is the people Clinton worked with. These are the people Nixon worked with. This is our enemy. It's the world communist movement. And while this is going on, what is U.S. intelligence doing? They're going after MAGA. They're going after (laughs) Catholics. They're going after parents who love their children. You know, I had an argument with some people from the China division at the FBI several years ago about a police captain who was hanging around with some pretty bad Chinese communists. Now, I didn't accuse the guy of anything. I actually said to the FBI, for all I know, this guy is reporting to you, and he's working for you. I'm just letting you know what's going And I said that the, the communists want this guy to become the police commissioner. And the argument was, the FBI says, why would the Chinese communists want to have a police commissioner? Are you kidding me? 
That's I swear to God, that's what they said. Basically, it ended where they says a communist could be a good police commissioner. Now, they I didn't know how to take this. I wanted to argue, but I don't want them to be my enemy. They may have been checking me out to see if I'm crazy or whatever. But th- now that we see what's going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's for the course. And you know, years ago. Yeah. We don't concentrate enough on how all of this that's coming out affects our national security. I mean, we think of it in terms of maybe the corruption and the politics, but all, all of this makes us a very, very weak, a very weak country. I mean, if if if, if we have a law, law enforcement that can't figure out who, who put that cocaine in the White House, that's pathetic. Or if it's so corrupted that it can't do an honest investigation, then we're a crooked country. I mean, it, it isn't just, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, Republicans will seal it off and say, oh, well, Biden is corrupt. Well, Biden is our country right now. Our country is corrupt. And, um, and to, to, and I think a lot of it, Jim, and I'm with you, we're just preaching to the converted, but a lot of the opposition to Trump is China. And I think it, it, it is uh, directly China and then often indirectly China. And uh, I think China fears him and they don't fear anybody else in in other ways either directly or indirectly they got control of the situation and nobody's going to seriously go after them and i think they feel that even if they do they have levers to use to stop them but with him he's fearless and doesn't really give a damn and uh, that's the one thing that could stand in their way and they're going to do everything they can to use the substantial power they have over our institutions, and they have very substantial power, uh, to destroy him. I think that's a lot of what happened in 2020, and I think it's a lot of what's happening right now. And if you look at Biden, I don't know how you can't conclude that he's compromised by them. I can't find a single decision that really puts any pressure on China. I find a lot that helped China a lot. Well, we're gonna we're going to uh, conclude for the week on the Rudy Giuliani show, but we'll be back at the end of the break, substituting for Bo Snurdly. God bless America. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. This is Rudy Giuliani substituting for Bo Snurdly, a.k.a. James Golden, or the other way around. And uh, he'll be back on Monday. Don't worry, he'll be back and i'm sure raring to go he had a um, um vacation for a week and well deserved uh so let's um let's look quickly at uh, one other situation and we'll get to the calls that we have uh there's another one of these self-defense cases they seem to be actually building up quite a quite a uh, quite a few like mr penny and uh some so, some of the others uh this is one, it's a little different, but, you know, it's still a self-defense situation. 
This is a road, let's call it a road rage case. Uh, it happened on the Upper East Side. And I think it happened on Wednesday. And um, most of it kind of played out on, on uh, yesterday. It was, yeah, it was Wednesday afternoon clash on the Upper East Side. And it involves uh, 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 a man named Andre Mosby. And, uh, and then uh, Roberto Velez Alvarez. Uh, now, uh, Alvarez was in a in the car, and and um, I'm sorry, Mosby was in the car uh, with his girlfriend and their three young children. He was in a um, he 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 was he was he was trying to to move into the lane that uh, Mister. Um, Mr. Velez Alvarez was in, okay? And uh, all of a sudden, according to Mosby, Velez Alvarez hit his car. And he veered into the driver's side of Mr. Mosby's car, scraping the car. And then uh, he stopped, and Velez Alvarez began berating Mosby according to sources, the Post says. And uh, Mosby claimed at that point he feared for his life and for the safety, particularly of the children. So he tried to back out. And at that point, Velez Alvarez jumped out of the car with a large knife, red knife, and he slashed his tires. I think he went in front first, slashed those. Then he went on the back. Then he came back into the front, and at that point, Mosby said he, um, he, his foot, he made a mistake in panic, and his foot hit the accelerator, he, and he hit Velez Alvarez, uh, and Velez Alvarez was badly injured and then died. Okay. And um, according, to, according to Mosby, this is all um, confirmed by eyewitnesses' uh, uh, account. And um, when that happened, when, it, when, when this happened, Mosby did get out of the car to try to help uh, Velez Alvarez, but it, was, it, but it was too late. And then he uh, called 911. So he acted like, uh, he didn't act like a guilty man. He, he certainly didn't run away. Uh, he got arrested. And he has been he has been charged uh, with mansla- manslaughter, I believe. And uh, the question is, was he acting in self-defense? And uh, assuming that the facts that I uh, stated turn out to be correct. Now, uh, the family of Velez Alvarez say that this is very this behavior of him getting into this road rage situation and slashing all the tires is inconsistent with his, with his behavior that he's a native of Columbia. He worked long hours as a construction supervisor to provide for his wife and his son, Stephen. And, um, and his friends say, uh, I can't see this. Uh, when they tell me, I say that's not him. Uh, he's a calm man. 
He's a peaceful man. Um, and he said, if, they say if he saw the kids, he would never do this. Now, there is a little bit to kind of balance it on the other side, and that is that he does have a record. And he was, um, he was arrested in 2016 for subway fare beating, which, okay, that isn't that serious, or at least doesn't tell you an awful lot about this situation, right? Um, but then he has a bank robbery conviction in 2017. And in the robbery case, uh, they said he, that he stole $400 from a person who was responding to an online ad to buy, buy an, uh, uh, an iPhone. And the victim said that Mosley was supposed to be locked up for a long time. And he added, I don't know why he was outside to do this. So, okay. I mean, it doesn't sound like he was quite the choir boy the family said that he was. I think this case uh, uh, can turn a lot on whether the tires were actually slashed. Because if he got out and slashed the tires, then he's not what the family is talking about for sure. Not just the record, but his behavior would belie the fact that he was some kind of peaceful individual. Also, if he had a red knife and he was slashing the tires going around the car with two kids in the car, Mosby could clearly uh, be justified in feeling that there was a real threat. And then the question becomes, did he uh, uh, accidentally step on the accelerator in panic, which could have happened, or did he do it on purpose? Uh, and did he do it on purpose to kill him? Or did he do it on purpose to just knock him to the side and, and stop him from doing that? So it's going to be an interesting case. I really think they were quite hasty in uh, charging him with uh, manslaughter, however, because there's enough here uh, that should be investigated with regard to self-defense so that possibly charges should never be brought if uh, you can corroborate that uh, the guy acted uh, in a way that was very, very dangerous and created a reasonable atmosphere that he was going to do uh, uh, possibly fatal harm to the children. So... It it really indicates that we've kind of um, we, we're really putting people in a, in in a situation where they almost feel um, <laughs> they can't defend themselves. If they don't defend themselves, they might get killed. And if they do defend themselves, one of these DAs is going to put them in jail, and they're going to have to you know. And, and, and the be best situation they're going to have is bankrupt themselves to defend themselves against the charge where they'll eventually be acquitted. So uh, I don't know, again, I don't know the facts of this case completely. I do know you could make a charging decision here and cut to the chase pretty quickly if you found out, did the guy actually slash the tires? And they should have done that before they charged him with manslaughter. Uh, so let's go to, let's go to Bill in Huntington. I'm, Bill, I somehow can't hear you. Hello, Bill. Well, let's go to Greg in New Jersey. Hey, Mr. Mayor. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, Greg. Uh, I'm a little off topic here, but I, I can't help it. That's okay. I, Whatever you want to talk I, about. All right. My, my son told me yesterday that... Uh, 
uh, in his school or the, the school where he graduated from a couple of years back, they're actually taking the, uh, the urinals out of the boys' bathrooms and installing <laughs> them in the girls' bathrooms. Do you believe that? They're I, putting I, the urinals out of the boys and they're putting yeah. them in the girls' bathroom? Yeah. A, a, a Is there any explanation? I, mean, I, I have... I, I don't. I don't yet. even. I, I don't think I can comment on this without risking the fact I'll be thrown off radio. But um, do they give an explanation of this? Yeah, well, it's it's all with this gender, you know, reassignment and the the, the gender confusion. In other words, I, I, in I other words, they want they want the uh, uh, the girls' room prepared for. Let's say people, we won't give them a gender yet, people with penises to come in to the girls' room. They want to have enough urinals there so that a substantial number of people with penises can come in and not be, uh, and, and find it easier to urinate. Yeah, but, but if you happen to identify as a male and use the men's room, you have to sit down if you, you know, are, are they going to take, well, wait, wait, wait. They can take all the urinals out of the men's room. Yeah, that's what they're, that's what they're telling me. That's what I hear. That's what I told him. I I haven't seen it. He hasn't seen it. But you know, I I don't put it past like the you know what's going well, on today. Well, the whole thing seems ridiculous, but it seems even further ridiculous if they take all the urinals out of the men's room and stick them in the ladies' room. Yeah, I I know it's insane, man. I. I you know, what kind of school? You mind telling me the school? What kind of school is this? Is it a, a, uh, well? It's a good. It's a good school. It's Indian Hills High School in uh, uh, what do you call it in Bergen County, New Jersey. It's, oh, you know, yeah, sure, I know it. I mean, my son went to St. Joe's. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah no, it's a good school, a progressive school, no question about is it. Is that? But, is it really? You know, do you think it's progressive to put urinals in the ladies' room, or do you think no, it's? I, I think it's. You think it's retrogressive and perverted? <laughs> those, those, those are two good words. Those are two very good words. Uh, Greg? Yeah, what they're doing to our kids is a shame. <laughs> and I, I want to do something about it, and I wish I knew what to do. Well, what you got to do, uh, may I just make a, a point? you got to get involved in local politics. Make sure you get very involved in the elections for the school board. Put sensible conservatives on the school board conservative in the sense of uh, upholding traditional values, which is really uh, the definition of a conservative, and uh, make sure we uh, vote the Democrat Party out of office and out of existence. Not that we shouldn't have an op- Please don't think I, uh, I think we shouldn't, that we shouldn't have an opposition party. I do. But it should be an opposition party in which we agree on the basic principles of America, like free speech, like the right to counsel, which the Democratic Party doesn't believe in anymore. They uh, Christian values, which is what this country was. was well, how about know, how about just the constant? I mean, I'd, I'd I'd be okay with the Bill of Rights if they believed in the Bill of Rights, but they don't. I mean, I'm I'm a victim of it. I'm a victim of they are completely uh, trashing the right to counsel. The the day they spied on me is the day I began representing Trump. The day they stopped spying on me is the day I stopped representing Trump. Which means all they were trying to do is spy on Trump's attorney-client communications, which is, among other things, un-American. But 
shows you don't understand the Constitution. It shows that under under Lincoln's uh, definition of an American, you're not an American. Uh, let's go to Joseph in Tremont. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Mayor. Well, just to uh, address really quick, I'm going to get to my main point, but just to address the exasperation of the last caller, like, what do I do about it? The craziness, the CRT, the transgender nonsense. First, you have to understand what the enemy is and where this wellspring of ideological poison is coming from on the left. The best short work to do that is called The Culture of Critique by Dr. Kevin McDonald. It goes into critical race theory, the feminism nonsense, homosexuality, transgender nonsense. It's an illuminating book. It even goes into the immigration crisis, how they changed the laws back in 1965 to where we got. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we have to take a break? I'm sorry. We ran into a break, Joseph. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's take a break and we'll be right back. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush, 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 rush. This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, for Bo Snurdly. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Joseph. Let's go to uh, let's go to Sal uh, on Staten Island. Hey, Rudy Paisano, are you going to be covering for Bo tomorrow the three to uh, seven to ten three hour extravaganza? Uh, uh, no, I will not. That'd be insane. Great, to, it'd be great to have you for three hours. <laughs> anyway, listen. What I want to I say, need one day off. I'll be on Sunday for one hour uncovering Rudy, the love, truth. Rudy, we love with Doctor Maria. Ten o'clock Sunday, uncovering the truth. I'll be back. Don't worry. So let's go to. Uh, Hunter, not Biden, in Manhattan. Hey, Rudy. That was listed here as Hunter, Jimmy not Beach. Biden. Jimmy Beach Rose and I consider you the Michael Jordan of New York City mayors. You're the greatest mayor. Oh. It's not even close. It's not even close. Thank you. And I'm only 23 years old, and I consider you the greatest mayor in the history of the world. Well, thank you, Hunter, not Biden. So what would I you know, like right? to discuss? My name is horrible. I have the worst name. No, in the you don't. Right now. He can't ruin the yes, name. I do. Go ahead. Tell me what you want to talk I'm about. I'm going to legally change my name to uh, Donald, actually. <laughs> no, no. But uh, but about this Long Island. Um, yeah, what do you think? Thing, I don't think that the death penalty is the solution. I think that keeping someone in life, imprisonment, is far worse than putting them to death. It's far worse. I, 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 know it's I, a lot of, I honestly, I think you, I know you, it's a lot of money. I, you may be right about that, that it's far worse. Let me tell you how I changed my mind about the death penalty. It was way back in 1981, and I was associate attorney general. And uh, it was around Christmas time of 1981. And a, a three time murderer killed a prison uh, guard in the Federal Bureau of Prisons who had four children. And when he was asked, why did he do it? He said, I had nothing to lose. So I said to myself, this was really stupid to keep this guy alive because he's got, he has nothing to lose. He's a very difficult people to maintain. And I agree with you. The penalty might, in fact, be worse to be in prison for the rest of your life. But somehow uh, it does uh, scare people. And scaring is, an, it sounds funny, but. Scaring people is, in fact, part of the reason we have criminal laws. 
From the very beginning in England, one of the three purposes of the criminal laws was to deter people from committing crimes. And when we apply the death penalty to a crime, it pretty damn quickly reduces that crime. Think of kidnapping is the best example of that. When the Lindbergh kidnapping took place, they applied the death penalty and kidnapping disappeared for about 20 years. And then, of course, they, you know, they punked out on the death penalty. Uh, let's try Carrie in Rockland County. Happy Friday, Mr. Mayor, best mayor ever. I agree with Hunter. Thank you. How are you, sir? Good. What's up? We got about two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Um, so I just finished the book. This isn't what I wanted to talk to you about, but I just finished a book called King Jimmy about Jimmy Burke, who who was the chief of police in Suffolk County. You must be familiar with him, I am. Right? I am, yes. I am familiar with him. Uh-huh. He was he was accused at one time of those Gilgo murders or suspected. Yep. Uh And it was mentioned in the book called King Jimmy. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk to you. What I wanted to talk to you about was I'm I'm happy to see that Congress is calling in Devin Archer and um, uh, John Kerry. But I'm curious as to your take on why no attention is being given to Christopher Hines, who was John Kerry's stepson and partners with Hunter Biden at Rosemont Seneca. He seems to be off the radar, but he was very, very, very involved with all things Hunter Biden. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why, but it's not a good reason. Uh, uh, One of the reasons is that he quit. Uh, And I've forgotten exactly when, but I think it it was either the Ukraine situation or maybe even the uh, Chinese situation where it was just too much for him. And he said, I'm not going to be part of this anymore. So he was there in the early days and probably um, technically involved in some of the bribery because it came to his firm. But I I don't have any information of his direct involvement in it other than being a partner in the firm. And there is a point at which he quits. Now, I, I would want to question him because he might be a very helpful witness if he told the truth. It sounds like something happened where he just said, I don't want to be part of this anymore. It might have been when Whitey Bulger's uh, uh, nephew was brought in as a partner. Uh, He might have quit at that point. And, you know, nobody makes anything of that. That's a pretty extraordinary thing that uh, the vice president, uh, the vice president's son becomes a partner with the nephew of one of the biggest organized criminals in the United States. Okay, we don't we 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 seem to be ignorant of the fact that he was already a partner of one of the biggest organized criminals in Ukraine. But now we got the nephew of one of the biggest organized criminals in the United States and they never mention it. Even Fox and Newsmax don't mention it. But let me say it. He was a partner of Whitey Bulger's nephew. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't go find John Gotti or something. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous what this family gets away with. And it is destroying our country. And we don't take it seriously enough. It is, has made our country a crooked nation, a crooked country. Because the institutions of our country are crooked. You can't escape that. It's got to be changed. Okay, and you're going to have the opportunity to do that, and we're going to be back on Monday talking about that. And don't forget Sunday, Uncovering the Truth, 10 o'clock with Dr. Maria.
God bless America.